0: Just everything in this universe, it came into being through God. All of that, though, it gets old. Even before the fall, it gets old. Because there is only one that is new. That is eternally new and fresh. And that's God. And that's God's life. His eternal life. That's the only thing that's new.
1: Hi, this is Tree. Welcome back to the Good Earth Podcast thank you for joining us this is our last episode for season two in the second season we asked the question why four gospels and then we considered god's full salvation being one feast with many courses and today we will conclude our looking at metaphors for the christian life here is danny with part two of ambassadors of christ
0: all right so we we'll- we're on our last it's our last Bible study, covering our last metaphor from 2 Corinthians. And we're covering ambassadors of Christ. And it's from 2 Corinthians 5.20, which says, On behalf of Christ, then we are ambassadors. As God entreats you through us, we beseech you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to god and so michael shared a little bit on monday and we're just going to continue from that sharing just first even what an ambassador is is that an ambassador represents someone else or is on behalf of someone else so an ambassador of a country it has that country behind that ambassador the authority the power of that country is behind the ambassador that is sent out and that represents that country. In the same way, in this aspect, the Apostle Paul is saying that he was an ambassador, but for God or for Christ. So God or Christ, the authority, the power of God was being represented in him, in his going out. But there was, even there was things in this chapter that even qualified him to be an ambassador. So every Christian, as a Christian, it would be normal for us to be all these metaphors that we've been covering. Captives of Christ, bearing a fragrance of Christ, letters of Christ, mirrors, vessels with a treasure in our earthen vessels, and ambassadors of Christ. But... Along with these things, for it to be normal to be an ambassador, we need certain qualifications. And so, I'll touch on some of those again. So, one we see in verse 4 that says, For also we who are in this tabernacle groan, being burdened, and that we do not desire to be unclothed, but clothed upon, that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. And so, The focus here, there's a lot here, but the focus is life, the life that we've received. To be an ambassador, we need the eternal life of God. When we believe in Jesus Christ, when we ask for forgiveness, when we receive him, we receive a new life. We're begotten again of a new life, the life of God, and that life is in us. And eventually, as Paul says here, eventually that life will swallow up even everything that's mortal. Because the life we've received is eternal. And obviously, we're born of the flesh, and we're corruptible, we're mortal. But the life we've received, as it grows, as it spreads in us, we'll actually swallow up everything that's mortal. And so, to be an ambassador, we need to be a believer. You need to have this life. But then he goes on in verse 9. He says, Therefore, also, we are determined, whether at home or abroad, to gain the honor of being well-pleasing to Him. And so, we as believers should be those that have such an ambition. We should be determined to be well-pleasing to God. This should be, this should govern our decisions, the way we, the choices we make in our life, how we live our life. Is this well-pleasing to God? Because it's very easy to grow up and be around others. And we try to please our family. We try to please the people we work for. It's very easy to try to please men. But first and foremost, as a Christian, our life should be to please God. And then he goes on in verse... And then we'll go to verse 14. He talks about the love of Christ. For the love of Christ constrains us, because we have judged this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live may no longer live to themselves, but to him who died for them and has been raised. And so, not only does an ambassador have God's life, an ambassador is determined to be well-pleasing to God. But they've experienced the love of Christ to such a degree that it constrains them. And actually, the word here, constrain the Greek word, is it means like to be forcibly limited or like walled in where you only have one direction to go. It's like you don't even have a choice to go. And your experience of the love of Christ is so strong in this way. And so as believers, even to be a believer, we've experienced something of the love of the Lord. That the Lord loved us so much that He would die for us as sinners. And we've experienced, we've been touched by that love to even open, to confess, to receive Him. But how much that we've experienced this love, has it reached this level where it constrains us? Every decision, every thought, everything we do, it's like, Christ's love is so real, so present in our life that it just, it constrains us. And I was even considering what what this might look like. It can look in many different ways in a believer, but even we covered earlier, even about the captives of Christ. And when we covered that, we read some testimonies of martyrs that on the one hand, they were captives of Christ bearing the fragrance of Christ. But they had experienced the love of Christ to this degree. Because you got to think, so one one of those examples that I read, it was in North Korea. The believers are brought forth. They're told to deny the Lord. They refuse. And so then they're made to lay on the ground and a steamroller is brought out. And think of this. You're there. All you have to do is say, oh, I'm no longer a Christian. I'll... All I have to do is deny the Lord. It's simple, a few words. But they would refuse to say those words because the love of Christ constrained them. To have them even lay there, instead of denying the Lord, they would sing a song of love to the Lord. That's how much the love of Christ constrained them. And that also, the next part of this, it says that when we experience this love like Paul did, he said, he died for all that those who live may no longer live to themselves. That with those believers, they were not living to themselves. If they were living to themselves, they would have just denied the Lord an instant and saved their life. But they were no longer living to themselves. And this is what the love of Christ, as it becomes more real in our life, and it constrains us more and more. This is our experience. More and more, our life is not for ourselves. I mean, we all start off this way. Even, even our believing in the Lord, a lot of times. I know for me, sometimes it might be for myself. Well, I don't, want, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be, that's very bad. I don't want that. And even my believing is a lot for me, me, me. And it's like a lot of my love, a lot of my choices, it's all about me. It's all for the self. But when we really experience this love, Christ's selfless love that He was shown to us on the cross, His love for us, and it becomes real in our life, more and more our life is less for the self, and it's more for Him. It's more we are, we are determined to be well-pleasing to Him, and we're constrained Hey, everybody. This is Caitlin. Are you looking for a church? We get together every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and praise our God and Father. We warmly receive all in Christ, regardless of denominational background. Please visit churchinfairborn.org for more information. Now, back to Danny. And so, then we'll go to today, verse 16. We have this other... so. Again, we've, we've covered three so far. They have to be born again. They have to have God's life. Another qualification is we're determined. They're determined to be well-pleasing to God. The third one is they're constrained by the love of Christ. In fourth, in verse 16, it says, So then we, from now on, know no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, Yet now we know him so no longer. In verse 17. So then if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, they have become new. So, to be an ambassador of Christ. There, he says, we know no one according to the flesh. And so, when you consider this, we all started off born of the flesh, everything natural. I mean, not only just negative flesh, like our sinful fallen flesh, but even just natural, meaning we were born of flesh and blood, hum- nothing to do with God. Even if it's good, it's still natural. It's of the flesh in our way. So for example, like Jesus even said, because the example, even that Paul gives here, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, that even you consider the apostles, even the disciples of the Lord, many of them, they were there with Christ in the flesh. They knew him. And you guys said his parents, his parents knew him according to, like he was raised from a baby, grew up. His brothers knew him in a sense, according to the flesh. His, the people in his town, Capernaum, they knew him according to the flesh. But you see, like they only knew him according to the flesh. His brothers, when you read in the Gospels, his brothers almost like mocked him because he was, they're like, oh, you're supposed to be something. You're supposed to be the Messiah. Why don't you go do it? They're like, they did not really consider him. They didn't know him spiritually. They didn't know anything more of him other than this is our brother. This is a big brother, Jesus. They knew him in that way. And the same with those in his town when he goes back to his town, they're like, hey, we know, who is this? Why is he coming here doing miracles and saying all this stuff? We know him. We know his parents. We know Mary. We know Joseph. We, we know him. We saw him like raised from a child and they only knew him in this way, but they didn't know him as this is God incarnated. This is the new creation. And so even I wanted to touch a little bit on the new creation, because this is a little bit, could be foreign to us. What, what do we mean new creation? Well, again, like I said, all of us, we, we're, we're part of, you could say the old creation. Just everything in this universe, it came into being through God. All of that though, it gets old. Even before the fall, it gets old because there is only one that is new, that is eternally new and fresh. And that's God. And that's God's life, his eternal life. That's the only thing that's new. Everything else, it gets created and it gets old. It gets worn out. I mean, and even considering your own experience. Do you not have the experience of things getting old? old i mean okay growing up or even now it's like you get there's a new movie coming out there's a new book that you were looking forward to there's a new video game and you're excited you get it you play it you watch it you read it Mm. a couple years go by is it still so exciting as it was when you were looking forward to it or you know your kid, you're looking for the toy. You know Christmas is coming up. Everyone's like, "Yeah, got this new toy." You're so excited. You get it. What? Now it's like a couple of months go by. It's like, eh. yeah, yeah, it, it was new. Now it's old. Everything in our life, we just experience. Mm, it gets old. It gets old. It gets old. It gets old. And it's very easy for us to then shift this consideration because we're just so used to everything getting old to be like well yeah god or what when, when i i mean have you ever thought this i know i've thought this if you're you ever think man being with god for eternity is that gonna like get boring isn't that gonna get boring i mean eternity's a long time and it's like we're gonna what we're we gonna do it's like you think it's like man it's gonna be boring but we have that view again because we live in a world where everything gets old but our God does not get old his life is eternally new eternally fresh and we can experience that kind of life as a Christian even as a Christian our experience of our Christian life should be so new so sweet our relationship with the Lord should be ever developing, getting sweeter. It's not that it gets old. It doesn't get stale. It shouldn't. That's, that's not a normal Christian life. A normal Christian life is one in the new creation. And even we know one another in this way, as Paul says, we know one another, not according to the flesh, but we know one another as part of the new creation. That our fellowship, we have genuine fellowship in spirit with one another. And it's supplying, it's edifying, it's something that's new and fresh that we look forward to. We should even know one another as believers in this way. Not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. According to the new creation. So we need to have this experience with the Lord where he is so new and he is so fresh In our relationship with Him, where it doesn't get stale, it doesn't get old. It's not, well, I've been a Christian since I was a a baby, and I got this all figured out. No, it's like, it's every day, it's exciting. It's like my relationship with the Lord, my love for the Lord is growing deeper this day. He's new, what He has to reveal to me, what He has to share with me, what He has to speak to me, it's fresh, it's new, it's exciting every day. And we should have this with one another, with the other believers, this kind of relationship that is in the new creation. And so just like tying these together is that these four qualifications is what qualified Paul to be an ambassador of Christ. And as such a one, he's one that genuinely had spiritual authority and power behind him. I wrote a verse on here. Because I just thought it was funny to see the, the opposite of this in Acts, in Acts 1913, you kind of see the opposite of someone who tries to act like they have authority or they can do something for the Lord, but how it backfires. And so in 1913. It says, but some of the Jewish exorcists who also went about, took it upon themselves to name over those who had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of a certain Sceva, a Jewish chief priest doing this. And the evil spirit answered and said to them, Jesus, I know of. And with Paul I am acquainted, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leapt upon them, subdued both of them and overpowered them so that they escaped out of that house naked and wounded. So here you have these Jewish exorcists trying to do something in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, it's it's powerful. The Lord's name is powerful. But they were not ambassadors of Christ. They had no backing from the Lord. And the demons knew this. And it was like, who are you? And then they got whooped. And it was like, because they had no authority and no power. But if that was Paul, and very clearly we've seen, the Lord was behind him. Because he was an ambassador of the Lord. But we still these qualifications made him such an ambassador, but it's not just Paul who's called to be an ambassador for the Lord. The Lord wants us all to be his ambassadors. All these metaphors are for our Christian life. It's normal that we would have this experience of all these metaphors in our Christian life, including being an ambassador. And so just in this, in, in wrapping up, I just even like, I know for my, myself and my own testimony is like, because I grew up as a Christian, I grew up in a Christian home, but because definitely I did not, in these areas, I did have the first one. I'd say I was saved, I believed in the Lord, but I was not living my life at all for the Lord, it was completely for myself. And so through high school, through everything, it was like, I, I realized, I just recognized I was not in this position. I was not an ambassador. Yes, I should have been. But even in high school, it was so bad. I remember there was there was a, a Christian in my grade, I remember in high school, and he was, he was very known. Everyone knew he was a Christian. And maybe even like you'd say he was too much of a Christian. So everyone like knew, and then even some of my friends would pick on him. And I was like, I didn't hang out with the best crowd. And it's like, my crowd would like make fun of him for being a Christian and be like, yeah, you Jesus freak or, you know, all these names like, and then even I would be with them as they're like mocking him. And I would just sit there and not say anything. Or sometimes he would be like walking and they'd like kick his feet so he would fall and I would just sit there and watch it. And I was like, so here he is and they know he, he follows the Lord and they're persecuting him for it. But here I am, kind of, I follow the Lord, but it's hidden. It's like, I'm I'm really not living for the Lord. No one knows that I'm living for the Lord. It's like, I'm living for the Lord in like my secret way, where it's really, I'm living to myself. But It did start becoming my experience that the love of Christ started constraining me more and more. And then it just that changed. It just changes you. It just changes your life. That instead of living for yourself, you just find, wow, I'm living more and more for the Lord. You have more and more of a desire. I want to be well-pleasing to Him. I want to make Him happy. I want my life to matter to Him. And one way that can just help us in this, I know it helped me. And it it seems simple, but just even with our mouth, just telling the Lord, to make this a normal prayer, Lord Jesus, I love you. To just audibly say that. Because yes, it's like, well, it's in my heart. And that's, it is important that it's in our heart. But always in the Bible, both of these go together. Our heart believing, our mouth confessing. It's again and again. Even it says in Romans about our salvation, about believing that God has raised Jesus from the dead. We believe it in our heart, but also we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And so it's good that we should love the Lord in our heart. We should have many prayers, many conversations, but also with our mouth, it is good every day just to tell the Lord, Lord, I love you. And just over the time of telling the Lord that you love him, opening to him more and more, and you experiencing his love to a higher degree, that That love will start constraining you. You will start living for him. You'll start living a life to be well-pleasing to him. You'll start experiencing him in his newness, in his freshness, and even the sweetness of being with other believers and having fellowship that imparts life that is so enjoyable, that is so sweet. And more and more, this becomes normal where you become just an ambassador You become ambassador of Christ to your family, to your friends, to your classmates, when you get job, to your co-workers, to your neighbors. You just, and you have the backing. The Lord's behind you because you, he's produced you as such a one.
1: Let us recap these qualifications of an ambassador of Christ. One, we need the eternal life that swallows up death in us. 2. The ambition to please God. 3. Experience of Christ's love constraining us that we may no longer live to ourselves but to Him. 4. To be His new creation, not seeking to know others according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. This wraps up Season 2. Look for Season 3 at the beginning of the next year, 2022. Until then, we wish you the best as 2021 comes to an end. Happy Holidays!